If you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to the book of Acts chapter number 22. We're going to uh, be looking through chapter 22 uh, in the, the main meat of the, of the, the, the lesson tonight. But I want to I wanna go backwards just a little bit to chapter 21 and verse 33. That's where we're going to start out. And we're going to read just a few verses there uh, in chapter number 21. That's where we stopped last week. Uh, we found out last week that, that Paul had, had got back to Jerusalem, brought the, uh, the offering for the, the suffering Christians there in Jerusalem, and, uh, he was asked to go to the temple and, and, and try to show, uh, the Jewish Christians there in Jerusalem that, that he, uh, was not forsaking, uh, uh, their, their Jewish heritage and their Jewish background. And so here he is in the temple uh, trying to uh, 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 do what he was asked to do by the, the, the leaders there in, in the Jerusalem church. And, and somebody, somebody from Ephesus saw him uh, and, and these were the Judaizers that he's had to fight the whole time on all his missionary journeys who were trying to blend Christianity and Judaism together, saying that you had to uh, put your faith in Jesus and be a Jew. You had to, you had to kind of mix it and it was mixing law and grace. And Paul was teaching and showing we are saved by grace alone. It's not by keeping the law. It's not by being a Jew. It is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. And so, uh, he was seen there and, and, and they came upon him and attacked him and threw him out of the temple and began to beat on Paul. And that's kind of where we pick up the story, uh, here tonight. So let's look in, uh, let's look in chapter number 21. In verse number 33, all right? 21, verse 33. It says, then the chief captain came near and took it. Well, I, I kind of, I kind of missed something. I forgot. All right. Uh, uh, the captain, the Roman soldier saw what was going on from the Antonia fortress and they came down. They came down to stop the, uh, the, the crowd, to stop the mob and, 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 and take, take over what was going on and try to dispel the crowd. And so here they are. They come down to, to find out what's going on and, and they find, uh, this crowd beating on the apostle Paul. So let's get back to verse 33. Then the chief captain came near and took him and commanded him to be bound with two chains and demanded who he was and what he had done. And some cried one thing and some another among the multitude. And when he could not know the certainty for the tumult, he commanded him to be carried into the castle, which would be the Antonia fortress. Um, and when he came upon the stairs, so it was that he was born of the soldiers for the violence of the people. They're literally having to carry him up the stairs uh, toward the Antonia fortress to protect him. For the multitude of the people followed after crying away with him, away with him. As Paul was to be led into the castle, he said unto the chief captain, May I speak unto thee, who said, Canst thou speak Greek? He was shocked. He couldn't believe it. All right. Then he says this, Art not thou that Egyptian which before these days made us an uproar and led us out into the wilderness, 4,000 men that were murderers? Now, uh, the captain confused Paul with a... Uh, an assassin, if you will, somebody that had uh, tried to start a revolution and he lied to people and said he was a, a prophet that, that uh, uh, proclaimed that God would make the walls fall down and they would conquer and run uh, uh, the, the Roman legions out. 
and they were soundly defeated, and this Egyptian disappeared. So, so the captain is thinking, okay, this is this guy coming back, and, and the people have called him, and, and so he confused him for being uh, uh, this man. Obviously, he wasn't, but the Bible says in verse 39, but Paul said, I am a man which am a Jew of Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, a citizen of no mean city or no insignificant city, and I beseech thee, Suffer me to speak unto the people. And when he had given him license or permission there, Paul stood on the stairs and beckoned with a hand unto the people. And when there was made a great silence, he spake unto them in the Hebrew tongue saying, Now, this is where we're going to get to the meat of the story. Paul has been, now, now keep in mind, keep in mind, Paul has been unjustly attacked. Uh, he has been lied about. Uh, he, they, they said he took a Gentile into the place where Gentiles could not go uh, into the temple. That was a lie. Uh, and, and they've been lying on him the whole time. And, and now they have beat him unmercifully and they're trying to kill him and they want his death. And yet he stops. He stops and asks, uh, let me let me address this crowd. Let me speak to them. And so this is where we're at here in chapter number 22. <clears throat> Men and brethren and fathers, hear ye my defense, which I make now unto you. And when they heard that, he spake in the Hebrew tongue to them. They kept the more silence, and he saith, I am verily a man which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God, as ye are all this day. And I persecuted this way into the death, binding and delivering into the prisons both men and women. And also the high priest doth bear me witness, and all the estate of the elders, from whom also I received letters unto the brethren and went to Damascus, to bring them which were there bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. And it came to pass that as I made my journey and was come nigh unto Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. And I fell into the ground, and I heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Now, if you have a red letter edition Bible, you'll notice that's in red because that was Jesus speaking. And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. And they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. And I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, arise, go into Damascus, and it shall be told thee of all things which are appointed for thee to do. And when I could not see for the glory of that light, being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came into Damascus. And one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, came unto me and stood and said unto him, or said unto me, brother Saul, receive thy sight. And the same hour I looked up upon him, and he said, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will, and see that just one, and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. And now, why tarriest thou, arise and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord." And it came to pass that when I was come again to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance and saw him saying unto me, make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem 
for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. And I said, Lord, they know that I am prison and beaten every synagogue then that believed on thee. And when the blood of thy, the, thy martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consenting unto his death and kept the raiment of them that slew him. And he said unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for your blessings. I thank you so much for the privilege of just being in this place to, to deliver your word and share and study the Bible together. And God, I pray that you'll bless everyone that's watching by way of the internet right now. Lord, I know they probably had a long day and they've, they, they've had things they've had to do and accomplish. And Lord, I pray that you'll bless them, especially for being here and watching. I pray that your perfect will be done tonight. Speak to our hearts, encourage us, help us, lift us up. Lord, this is such an important, important lesson tonight on telling our story. Lord, I pray that your perfect will be done and God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. All right, now let's jump back in for just a second. Let's jump back in uh, to chapter number 21 and, 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 and go back and, and review our review, okay? Uh, uh, Paul has 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 been attacked Paul has been kicked out of the temple and and they are beating on him and they are they are they they would have beat him to death they would have beat him to death if the soldiers hadn't come and rescued him and the soldiers are trying to figure out what's going on they're trying to figure out who he is what he has done and what what is the deal with this mob why are they doing what they're doing and so they take him and they're going toward the Antonia fortress and it's upstairs if you know if you've seen pictures and models of the Antonia fortress which is on the corner of the 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 courtyard of the temple mount area and so they're going up the steps and the people are following behind them and and they're saying away with him which is the same thing they said to Jesus when they crucified Jesus and it's a great possibility that some of the same people that said crucify Jesus was the same people that was saying away with Paul and so here he is he's got this crowd behind him uh this crowd of Jews that are wanting his life they're wanting he they're, they're wanting to destroy him and and he and he and he asked the he asked the captain he says let let me speak unto them let me, let me talk to them. Give me permission to talk to them. So he says, okay. All right. So he stops and gives him permission. Paul turns around and he addresses the crowd. Now watch. Now watch what he says. He says in the very first verse, watch this. He says, men, brethren, and fathers, hear ye my, what? What's that word? Defense. Hear my defense. Now, now this is what I'm thinking. <clears throat> This is what I'm thinking. If I'm going to give my defense about what just happened, uh, my defense would be this. You a liar? You a liar? Oh, you are liars. I haven't done what you said I did. Uh, you're, you're accusing me of going against the law and hating Judaism. That's a lie. You, you accuse me of taking a Gentile into the temple. That's a lie. Everything y'all are doing is a lie. You have beaten me unjustly. You have beaten me without cause. And are y'all with me? That would be my defense. I'd be, I'd be just wide open and, and I'm going to def- But that's not what he did. I mean, that's not even, that's not even remotely close to what he did. What did he do? What did he do? He began to share the gospel with him. Really? He shared his story. 
Now, I titled the lesson tonight, I titled the lesson tonight, This Is My Story. This is my story. And man, this is so, this is so important. Ladies and gentlemen, this is so important. I, I, I tell you, I'll tell you how important this is. Uh, in, in Bondo Church this week, Monday night, Bondo Church, uh, uh, we really got, we really got back to the importance of a story. We, we studied the, the demoniac of Gadara Monday night. And, uh, and, and at the end of the, at the end of the chapter that we were reading, at the end of the, uh, the verses that we had planned to read and study, uh, the demoniac who was healed and delivered of all those demons and, and here he is, he is so thankful to Jesus and he, he is so, uh, uh, loving Jesus and, and appreciative of what Jesus done. He just wants to be where Jesus is and, and Jesus has to get on the boat and leave and he goes to get on the boat with Jesus and Jesus said, hold up, hold up. He said, this is what I need you to do. I need you to go home to thy friends. I need you to go home to your people. And I want you to tell everybody what good things God's done for you. You know what he said? I want you to go tell your story. All right, say that at home with me. Go tell your story. It was so important. It was so important. It's kind of funny. We had a, we had a, we had a, a cool little diverse group there Monday night and, and, uh, we had a young man, uh, uh, Lil Walker was with us Monday night and, uh, 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 and, and, and he was, he was answering questions back and forth. And it was, a matter of fact, if you was in the first service, uh, if you was in the first service Sunday, uh, you seen him. He was up on the platform with me. And, uh, and, and I, I said, I said, uh, Sunday, this might be the next pastor of Temple. And I, I promise you, it might be, uh, 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 little fella sharp. I promise you. And, and, and we were going back and forth. And I, and I, and I pulled a kind of a, not a trick question, but I wanted him to think a minute. And I said, I said, Walker, do you know about as much of that Bible as I do? And he just kind of, he didn't know how to answer it. He didn't, because he, he's sharp. He knows a lot of his Bible. His parents have been doing a good job uh, uh, teaching and helping him because he, he was answering questions and, and going back and forth. And, uh, and I said, do you know as much about that Bible as I do? And, and he said, no. And I said, you're probably right. And I said, it's just because I have more time and I've had more experience and I've been, I've been doing this thing a long time. And, and I said, I probably know more about this than you do. I said, but here's the thing. Do you realize, do you realize that you have a story just like I have a story? The amount of Bible that I know does not determine my story. And, and we use the, we use the demoniac as an illustration. You see, these disciples have been traveling with Jesus. These disciples have had experiences with Jesus. These disciples have, have had witnessed miracle after miracle after miracle with Jesus. So they knew Jesus better. They had more experiences with Jesus. Uh, they had seen more miracles than the demoniac did. The demoniac had seen one miracle. His experience of a miracle was his own. But yet, guess what? Jesus said, go tell your story. Go tell your story. Even though they hadn't spent as much time with Jesus, even though he hadn't had as many experiences with Jesus, even though he hadn't seen as many miracles as, as with Jesus that the disciples had, he still had a story. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching me right now and you are saved, you are born again, you have a story. You don't have to have a dramatic story. You don't have to, me and my dad's story is totally different. My dad was a hellion, heathen, bad guy, and God saved him, and he went from darkness unto light. I mean, it was just a, a, an unbelievable dramatic change from one to the other. But guess what? I went to church my whole life. I, I, I didn't, I didn't go from, uh, I, I was still lost and in darkness, but I was a, I was a, I was a good kid. 
and I was I was a good person on the outside. I had I had I was totally opposite of my father. Went to church all the time, knew tons of the Bible, but yet I was lost. And I had to get saved just like he did. So guess what? My story is not the same story, but I got a story. And if you're saved, you have a story. And the point is, you got to go tell your story. And in this chapter, in this chapter, he makes up, he makes up and tells them his story. And the key to this, the key to this is just like what we do in DMD, is we tell our story by, by basically, uh, basically three things. One is what was your life like before Christ? And, and, and we're going to see that. We're going to see that in this chapter. He tells what his life was like before Christ. He tells how he came to Christ. He tells how he came to Christ. And that's in this story. That'll be point number two. And then he tells what his life was like after Christ. That's it. It's as simple as that. It's as, it's as simple as what was my life like before Christ? How did I come to Christ? And what is my life like after Christ? That was Paul's story. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. I want you to know you have a story. Your life, you, you know what your life was like before Christ. You know what your, you know how you come to Christ. Some people come to Christ in a revival meeting. Some people came to Christ during a regular church service. Some people came to Christ in, the, in their living room or in their bedroom or in a, a hotel room with a Gideon Bible. Uh, many people come to Christ. Some people come to Christ in a jail cell. It doesn't matter how you come to Christ. The main thing is you come to Christ. And so you know how you came to Christ. And you know what your life has been like after Christ. Well, all those, all those put together constitutes your story. Now, what does God expect you to do with your story? Go tell your story. The demoniac wanted to go with Jesus. He said, nope, nope. I want you to go share your story. Go share your story. You know what Paul did? He said, let me give my defense. Let me give my defense. I'm sure, I'm sure that the captain and even all the people didn't, didn't expect him to say what he was fixing to say. I imagine, I imagine they expected him to defend his life and, 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 and defend the accusations against him and to stand up for, that's what they expected, but they didn't expect what they got because he didn't, he didn't do any of that. And, and I, I'm going to emphasize that at the end of this deal. I'm, if I, I'm about to run out of time, uh, uh, cause I didn't even got to the outline yet. But anyway, anyway, I want to emphasize that at the end of this deal and, uh, another long-winded time, Cesar, another long-winded time. At the end of this deal, I want to give you like four things that boom, 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 just real quick that Paul did that probably we wouldn't if we was in his same situation, right? So now here's what I want you to write down. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. This is, this is really important and it kind of goes, this is not the point, but it kind of goes with Paul's life before, before, uh, uh, his, his life with Christ. So write this down. We see his early, Conduct. Write that down, all right? His early conduct. Paul begins to tell them. Paul begins to tell them in verses one through five. He said, this is what I used to be. And this is what I, this is the way I was. Verse one. Men, brethren, and fathers, hear ye my defense, which I make now unto you. And when they heard that he spake in the Hebrew tongue to them, they kept the more silence. And he saith, he says, look guys, I'm a man verily which am a Jew. Born, now, now keep in mind, let me, let me go back. I don't mean to keep running these little rabbits, but 
keep in mind that the whole point of this mob and all the accusations is basically they believe that Paul was attacking Jews and Judaism. In other words, he was being anti-Semitic. He, 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 was, he was against the Jews, the Jews' religion, the Jews' background, the Jews' heritage. He was attacking Moses. They said he attacked the temple. He attacked the law. And so Paul is, Paul is sharing with him, look, I am a Jew. I am a Jew. Now watch. Watch what he says. Verse, verse 3. I am verily a man which am a Jew born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up in the city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God as ye all are this day. You know what he's saying there? I'm no different than you. I was just like you one day. There was a day in my life I was just like you. Then he says this, verse 4. And I persecuted this way unto the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women. And, and by the way, when you see that word, that, that phrase in, in, in uh, uh, verse 4, I persecuted this way, uh, that's talking about Christianity. It was called the way or this way. He was in reference to those who were following Christ in Christianity, the religion Christianity. He said, as also, now he's calling in witnesses. Now he's saying, who, who knows this information? They know this information about me. Watch what he says. As also the high priest doth bear me witness in all the estate of the elders, from whom also I received letters unto the brethren and went to Damascus to bring them which were bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. Now, here's what I want you to write down. Two things, two things. We see his past influence, his past influence, and then his past involvement, all right? And just write them down and then, 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 then look at me or through the camera and, 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 and we'll, we'll, I'd say wave at me, but you know, you're not going to see me. Anyway, his past influence and his past involvement. Here's the thing. He says, look, I'm a Jew, my nationality, my heritage, I am a Jew. He said, not only that, not only that, now he was a Jew that was born of the diaspora. He was a, a, a Jew that was not born in Israel, but yet he trained and was raised and trained up in Jerusalem. And he was not only trained as a Pharisee, he was trained with the most renowned rabbi of that day and probably probably the greatest in antiquity. He says he told who his trainer was, who his teacher was, who his mentor was. And so what is he doing? He's setting the stage for them to understand how really Jewish he was and how, how, how deep into Judaism that he went. Not only did he say how much of, and by the way, he said, I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He, he could defend, he could defend his heritage better than anybody in that place. And, and this is what he, this is what he says. Not only, not only was my background very Jewish, not only is my heritage very Jewish, he said, but also let me tell you what I did against this way. Let me tell you what I did against Christians. He says, I hunted them down. He said, I tried my best to destroy the church. I thought it was a cult. 
I thought it was something uh, uh, that, that God hated. And in my zeal and ignorance for my religion and my belief, he said, I tried my best to destroy this way. He says in other verses, he says in other verses, he says in 1 Timothy 1.12, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before, watch this now, stay with me, stay with me, follow along, who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, an injurious. He said, but I obtained mercy, hallelujah, because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Acts 8.3, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women and committing them to prison. Watch this. Acts 9, it says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men and women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Listen, you can study other verses in the New Testament where Paul is giving his testimony. And he even admits to (coughs) killing Christians. He admits to having them arrested. He he tortured Christians and tried to uh, torture them into blaspheming Christ. Paul is saying, this is my background. He said, I don't even deserve to be an apostle because of my persecution of the church. He said, but let me tell you, that's what I did. That's what I was. Now, now, before we go on to point number two, here's what I want you to understand. Paul was a bad guy. He, he did some bad, bad things. His past was not rosy. His past was something that needed to be forgotten. He said, forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. He said, there's some things in my past I want to forget that I don't want to ever remember. I don't want to ever bring up again. He had an awful past. He did some awful things to good people. He did some awful things in his zeal, his ignorant zeal. He was a bad guy and did some bad things. Now, this is what he says about that. Paul said, let me tell you why God saved me. And I'm paraphrasing this, all right? I'm paraphrasing this. Paul says this. He said, the reason God saved me is to prove to anybody, no matter how bad they are, if God can save me, he can save anybody. He can save anybody. You know what he said he was? The chief of sinners. You know what chief means? First. First in, in, in prominence, first in order. In other words, he said, I was the number one sinner. I was the worst sinner. I did all of these things. He said, I was the least of the saints. I was the chief of sinners. He said this. He said, the only reason God saved me is to show mercy on my life and use me as an example because if God can save me, he can save anybody. Now, before we go to point number two, what's your background? If you're watching, if you're watching tonight, and, and you think that you've done too much, you've gone too far, you're too bad a sinner, let me tell you something. That's a lie. Don't believe a word of that. God will save you. He will take you just like you are. Thank God Almighty, he won't leave you that way. But it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. God can and will save you. I promise you. According to the Apostle Paul, if God can save Paul, he can save you. He said, look at my past conduct. He said, let me tell you something. I was very Jewish. I was very religious. I was very zealous. I was very zealous. 
In other words, and he looked at him. He said, just like you. I was in the same place you are. I was in the same, I was in the same shape you are. I believe the same things you do. I was zealous for things just like you. Then secondly, <clears throat> I want you to see this. Not only do we see, not only do we see his early conduct, but then I want you to see his exciting conversion. <clears throat> I love this. His exciting conversion. First we see, hey, write this down. I want you to see the revelation he experienced. The revelation he experienced. Uh, Daniel, see, see if somebody can get me some water. If you don't care, get Dustin or one of them get me some water. <clears throat> Thank you, sir. Look at what it says in verse number six. Look what it says in verse number six. And it came to pass that as I made my journey and was come nigh to Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone round from heaven a great light round about me. And I fell unto the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Now remember, what do we say? If it's, if it's in red, that means Jesus is talking. So what happened? He's had, he has an experience with Jesus. And he said, I answered, who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. All right? Here's, here's what I want you to write down. Well, I think it's already there. I think it's already there. We see first, there was three things I see here revealed. First, there was a Savior revealed. A Savior revealed. Who art thou? I like how he does that. Who art thou, Lord? You know, he answers his own question. Who art thou, Lord? Now, thank you, sir. All right, you the man. Pardon me. All right, sorry about that. Who art thou, Lord? He says, I am Jesus. I am Jesus. Now, what's the point of this? What does this world need? <clears throat> they need an experience with Jesus. What does, a, what does a religious man but a bad guy need? They need to meet Jesus. And so we have a Savior revealed. But then we have, watch this now, watch this, this is important. We have a sinner revealed. We have a sinner revealed. Now here's the, here's the, the, the important point on this deal. Paul thought he was doing good. Paul thought he was doing right. Paul thought he was pleasing God by the life he was living and by the actions he was taking. He was going to destroy this thing that comes against the law. He said, I'm going to destroy this way. I'm going to destroy the church. But what did he find out? He found out he was a sinner. Say, so where do you get that? He said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. And at that point, he knew, uh-oh. He knew he had been wrong. He knew he was on the wrong side of this deal. At that point, he recognized his condition. He recognized his guilt. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. You'll never be saved. You'll never become a saint till you first become a sinner. You cannot get saved till you get lost. You got to understand your condition. You got to understand where you are. You got to understand it was your sin that put Jesus on the cross. He didn't die for his own self. He died for you and he died for me. He didn't just die for us. He died instead of us. So we see this revelation in Paul's life, this experience in Paul's life. It wasn't that he just saw a light and he heard a voice. No, he had a true experience with Jesus. 
He was, listen, a savior was revealed. A sinner was revealed. And guess what else was revealed? Salvation was revealed. Salvation was revealed. He said, if you'll go to Damascus, he'll tell you what you need to do. He'll tell you what you need to do. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand salvation is so important, but salvation is only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to have an experience. With, I, I don't, listen, I don't, let me tell you my story, just a little snippet of my story, okay? It, it is not, there's no doubt about this. There's no doubt about this. Paul knew about Jesus, okay? There's no doubt Paul knew about Jesus. He knew some information concerning Jesus, but he didn't know Jesus. He didn't have a personal relationship with him. He didn't have a personal experience with him. You know, in my life, I knew all about Jesus. I could tell you a bunch of verses about him. I had to have them memorized. But when I was in, in, in elementary school, I was in private school and I had to memorize verse after verse after verse after verse. I went to Sunday school every week and I was in church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Sunday school, Wednesday night. And man, I heard tons of preaching and tons of Sunday school lessons and memorizing tons of verses. I could tell you a lot about Jesus, but I never had an experience with Jesus. You can know about Jesus and not know Jesus. You can know about somebody and not personally meet them. I, I, I gave this illustration several weeks ago, maybe months ago now, where I, I, I invited people in the, in the congregation and said, maybe you've been coming and you've never met me. You've never met me. I did it in every service and I, and I picked somebody out. And, and, and so I went back to where they were sitting and I, I said, you, you've never met me before, but you, you've been coming. So, so you know about me. Well, hello. Now you get to know me. And I want to ask you this. Do you know about Jesus or do you know Jesus? You see, Paul knew about Jesus, but in this moment and in this instance, he met Jesus. He had a personal experience with Jesus. Being religious is not going to get you to heaven. Knowing some of the Bible is not going to get you to heaven. Knowing about Jesus is not going to get you to heaven. It's not until you have a relationship and a personal experience with Jesus. That's the, that's the only time a man could be saved is they have to have a personal relationship and a personal experience with Jesus. So in this revelation this revelation that he experienced. There was three things revealed to him. He was revealed a savior. He said, I am Jesus. He was revealed as a sinner. He said, whom thou persecutest. And he said, then, then if you go to Damascus, it'll be told what you need to do. Listen, look at this number B, write this down. Look what it says. We see not only the revelation he experienced, but then look at the reaction, the reaction he expressed. And I'll tell you this. If you meet Jesus, if you truly get saved, I truly believe this. If you are a born again believer, this is going to be your reaction too. Watch what he says. Watch what he says in verse number 10. Verse number 10. He says, and I said, and this is Paul. This is Paul. And I said, what's the next, next four words? What shall I do? You know what they said? You know what they said on the day of Pentecost when, when, when Peter was preaching and boy, Peter revealed the savior 
He revealed salvation. He revealed, listen, that they were sinners. All of this was wrapped up in that sermon. Now look, look what they said in Acts 2.37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? You know what I believe? I believe somebody that comes under deep Holy Ghost conviction and they realize they're a sinner and they meet a loving Savior. They want to be obedient to that Savior. They want to know, what do I need to do? What do you want from me? What what do you want my life to be? What do you want my actions to be? What do you want me to do? Are you submitted to Christ? He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Do you have a hard time obeying Christ? Do you have a hard time obeying the Bible? Do you have a hard time submitting to the word? Do you have a hard time being committed to Christ and spiritual things? You might want to check up. You might want to check up. Everybody I know that's had a true, without a doubt, experience with Christ, they find themselves wanting to be like Christ. They're wanting to be like the demoniac with Christ. They want to be in his presence. They want to adore him. They want to love him. They want to, they want to serve him. They said, what do you want me to do? Paul's experience led to submission. Paul's experience led him to a place of submission and a desire to serve. And boy, did he ever. Boy, did he ever serve and was obedient unto Christ. Now, let's go to number three. And I got to leave time for our four other points at the end. And now I'm going to go quickly with them, all right? So number three, number three, let, let, let's, let's rehearse, let's rehearse. His early conduct, right? His early conduct, what would we call that? Life before Christ, okay? Say that with me at home. Life before Christ. Everybody has a BC, right? Everybody has a before Christ. Everybody does. I don't care who they are. I don't care who they are. Everybody has a before Christ life. And Paul described his here in these first few verses. So we see his early conduct. That's his life before Christ. Then we see his exciting conversion. If you're saved, you've had an experience with Christ. Now, he may not have come to you in person. There ain't no may about it. I know he didn't. He comes to you with the Holy Spirit because this is a different situation. But he came by the power of the Holy Spirit and convicted you and showed you your need for a Savior. And you got saved. You had an experience with Christ. Listen, that is your, how you came to Jesus. What's he doing right here? He's showing this crowd and telling this crowd how he came to know Christ. All right, let's move to number three. Not only do we see his early conduct, his exciting conversion, but I want you to see his employed commission. His employed commission. This is his life after coming to Christ. His life after coming to Christ. Now, why is this important? Why is this important? <clears throat> this is, this is, this is critical, critical because we're going to see, we're going to see what, what, uh, 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 the man says who came to help him and what Jesus said to him. Okay. They're telling him what his future is going to be. Okay. They're telling him what God's plan for his life is. All right. Now let's look. Let's look. Let's look in verse 17. Look in verse 17. He says, and it came to pass. That when I was coming into Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance. No, 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 but back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. That's too far, that's too far, that's too far. Verse 10, let's go back to verse 10. Let's go back to verse 10. And I said, what shall I do? And the Lord said unto me, 
Arise and go into Damascus, and there it shall be told thee of all things which are appointed for thee to do. And when I could not see for the glory of that light, being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came into Damascus, and one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there. Now see, he's showing how, how Jewish Ananias was. He says, he came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And the same hour I looked up upon him. And he said, the God of our fathers hath chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will and see that just one and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. Now watch this. Now here's his commission. Here's his commission. Verse 15. For thus shalt, or for, excuse me, for thou shalt be his witness unto all men. Say that. All men, meaning Jew and Gentile. All right, Jew and Gentile, thou, thou shalt be a witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. In other words, Paul has a job. Paul has a calling, okay? So it is channeled through a saint. God spoke to Paul through a saint of God and helped him say, listen, you're going to be a witness. You're going to be a, a light into this world to all men, not just Jews, but Gentiles. Look what it says. Look what it says. Verse number, uh, uh, skip down to verse number 17 now. And it came to pass that when I was coming into Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance and saw him saying unto me, make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. And I said, Lord, they know that I imprisoned and beat in every synagogue them which believed on thee. And when the blood of the martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consenting unto his death and kept the raiment of them that slew him. Now watch this here. Now Jesus confirms it. Verse 21. And he said unto me, depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. What is that? It's confirmed. It's confirmation through the Savior. It's channeled through the saint, but it's confirmed through the Savior. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. We can take something from this. Somebody, somebody, God may use somebody to help you find direction in your life. Sometimes that happens. Uh, but always know this. All, don't just depend on what somebody else says about your direction or your choices or your decisions. Make sure it's confirmed by the Savior. Make sure it's confirmed by the Savior. And the one way you can do that is to make sure it's confirmed by the scriptures. If, if somebody says, I believe that, I believe that God wants you to do such and such, and it's not, it's not confirmed by the scriptures, it's, it's not confirmed by the scriptures, then you can just chalk it up. It's not God whatsoever. It's not God whatsoever. It, the final authority is God's spirit and God's scriptures. If, if, if you feel like you're being led to do something that you can't back up with the Bible, or if you feel like you're being led to do something that's strictly for, forbidden by the Bible, it's not of God. It's not of God. Now, let's get back. Let's get back. We see his life before Christ, his experience with Christ. He's come to Christ. Now, now watch this now. It's so important. This is really important. Now, when you come to Christ, you need to understand something. You don't just get a ticket to heaven. Let that simmer a minute. When you come to Christ, you don't just get a ticket to heaven. You don't, you don't just get an escape from hell. You get a job on this earth. 
You now have a calling. You now have a commission. You now have a responsibility. Now, what is he saying? He said, since I have met Jesus, he has sent me. He has called me. He has commissioned me. He has counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. He says, what I'm doing and where I go and what I say, it's all based on the calling on my life. The reason I went to Ephesus, the reason I went to Macedonia, the reason I went to all of these places is because God has called me to reach the Gentiles. I'm doing what God's called me to do. Now, now he kind of flips the, kind of flips the script on them and saying, listen, if you got a problem with what I'm doing, you're going to have to take it up with God because I have a calling on my life. Now, let's apply this. Let's apply this to us. Guess what? You have a before Christ. You have a past. But thank God it's in the past. Your past doesn't determine your future. Everybody's got a past. Everybody's got mistakes. Paul said, there's things in my past I don't want to ever remember again. I want to forget those things which are behind. He's got a past, but, but he had an experience with God. He, he had, uh, listen, he came to Christ. He had a life before Christ, just like you. If you're saved, you've come to Christ. You've had an experience with Christ. You're born again. You're saved. You have a personal relationship with Jesus. You're walking with Jesus. And if you're truly saved, you have a desire to obey Jesus. You'll say like Paul did, what do I do? What do you want me to do? You have a heart of submission to submit to the direction of the Lord, to the will of the Lord for your life. And then you'll find out, guess what? You've got a calling. Oh, I just think preachers and missionaries are called. Oh, contrary. No, that's not the way it goes. We are all called. We are Now, you, know, you may not be called to go to Germany. You may not be called to go to Africa. You may not be called to go to, uh, you may not be called to go to, uh, 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 overseas, but you may be called to go to Oregon. You may be called to go to Holly Pond. You may be called to go to Walmart and do what? Share your story. Share your story. What's Paul doing? They're wanting to kill him. They about beat him half to death and he's rescued. And you know what he does? He just turns around, stands on the steps and he basically says, let me tell you my story. What's he doing? He's witnessing. <laughs> he's witnessing. Do you hear what I'm saying? He is witnessing after just being beat to death by a bunch of lying, lying individuals. Clean that up. You know what I'm saying? individuals now watch now watch what are we doing right now in this pandemic are we wasting it by whining on facebook are we wasting it and i i had to i had to really get i had to really get uh what's the word corrected on this deal because i've had a bad attitude i ain't gonna lie i've had a bad attitude about it. brother brother josh uh, he, he really, uh, he really helped me. He really did. He don't even know it. He, but he really helped me because I've, I've had a bad attitude about this whole deal and, 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 and I'm still working on my attitude, but, but are we taking advantage of this sharing our faith? People are scared. Are we sharing hope? Are we sharing the reason that, what, what, it, what does the Bible tell us to do? He said, he said, uh, it, uh, be ready always to, to, to give an answer to any man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you. 
Are we using this as an opportunity like Paul used this as an opportunity? He turned around and shared his story. So I'm not a missionary. Yeah, you are. It may not be to Ireland, but it may be to work in the school to share your story. Nowhere does it say the demoniac was a missionary, but it was said that as soon as he was delivered by Jesus, Jesus expected him to go share his story. What's Paul doing right here? He's sharing a story. He's sharing a story. When's the last time you shared your story? When's the last time you told people how good God's been to you? When's the last time you told people how you came to Christ? Let me give you four things real quick. Four things real quick. What can we take from this? Actually, five things. I'm sorry, five things. What What conclusion do we take from this story? Number one, Paul accepted his situation as ordained by God. Write that down. I'll give you a minute to write that down. Paul accepted his situation as ordained by God. Now, what, now what can we, how can we apply this? Ladies and gentlemen, do you realize none of this stuff took God by surprise? Do you know that, 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 that God knew I was going to be preaching on the internet for a while and, 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 and this sickness was going to take place? This, this is not taking God by surprise. Your problems at home, your, your issues in your life before this pandemic, the issues that we struggle with, it may not be just this pandemic. It may be tragedies that's happened. It may be problems that has arisen. It may be financial issues. It may be marital issues, whatever it might be. Listen, Paul accepted his situation as ordained by God, that God's got a plan for this. Listen, when when Joseph went through all the hell he went through, you know what he turned around and said? You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And you know, Paul could say on these steps, you guys meant it for evil. You guys meant to beat me to death. But let me tell you something. God's meaning this for good. Paul's going to end up in Rome preaching the gospel to, to high High authority people. Do you see your situation right now as ordained by God? If you do, you can accept it. You can accept it. You say, why? Because you know God loves you and God's got your best interest in heart. Paul's seen this situation as God's plan and ordained by God. Number two, write this down. Not only did Paul accept the situation as ordained by God, but number two, Paul used, now watch this, now watch this, Paul used his circumstances as an opportunity. Paul used his circumstances as an opportunity. I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to go into it, but a, a, a good, good, good friend of mine, very good friend of mine, had a, had a terrible tragedy in his life and and, and, and God has allowed him to use this circumstance to be a blessing to somebody else. Listen, the things we go through, the things we go through, we need to understand that God can take them and use them as an opportunity. Don't just say, oh my goodness, we're going through all this. We got to suffer. Through. No, 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 no. Use it for an opportunity. You know what Paul said? <laughs> we can put it this way. He said, I may not can go to Ephesus, but now I'm in the jail ministry, literally. You know what he did when they chained him up? He just started preaching in his chains. He started preaching in the jail, started seeing soldiers saved, started seeing prisoners saved. 
Listen, he took advantage of the situation and used it for an opportunity. Here he is. He's just gotten beat half to death. He's going up the steps to be rescued by the soldiers, and he uses an opportunity to tell his story. Wow, wow. We need to all do that. Number three. Number three. Now, Paul was conciliatory to his persecutors. He wasn't accusatory. He was trying to make peace. Watch what he, look, let, let's go back. Let, let, me, let, me, let me review something. Look at verse 1. Look at verse 1, 22 verse 1. Men and brethren and fathers. He calls them brethren. He says, you're my countrymen. I, I'd have called them all kinds of things, but it wouldn't have been that. But what was Paul doing? Look what he said. Look what he says in verse number, uh, verse 3. Look at the end of verse 3. He says this. He says, I was zealous toward God as ye all are this day. He said, look, I was just like you. I was just like you. He, you know what I think sometimes? I think we look at people all the wrong way. Paul looked at them just like he was. What did he see in them? Himself. Himself. Sometimes I think when we see sinners and we see broken people, we forget that we were broken one day. We forget the way Jesus found us. You know what Paul said about it? He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. If it wasn't for the grace of God, whoo. And you know what? Paul is seeing his people that way. If you're struggling with the people you don't like, if you're struggling with the people that you're having problems with, look, look at yourself in them. Because if it wasn't for the grace of God, you'd be just like they are and be just where they are. He was conciliatory to his people. Then look at this. Paul exalted the Lord. Number four, he's putting Jesus first. He's bragging on Jesus and talking about Jesus. He's lifting Jesus up. Then number five, then number five, watch this. Paul maintained a proper attitude of selfless love. Paul maintained the proper attitude of selfless love. Now, Paul knew what was going to happen. He knew what was going to happen when he got to Jerusalem. He knew he was facing arrest. He did. He knew he knew he was going to jail. He knew chains were waiting. Why? Because we know God told him. God showed him and prepared him for that over and over. Multiple times, God gave him the information he needed to know exactly what was going to happen to him when he got to Jerusalem. Well, why did he keep going? Why, why, didn't he, why didn't he go somewhere else? Why didn't he hide? He was, temp, he was tempted to do that because all his brethren and the people that cared about him wanted him to do that and wanted him to rescue himself. But, but no, he knew he was doing what God called him to do and what God wanted him to do. He knew he had an offering that was so important to the starving people in Jerusalem that he had to get there. He loved them and he cared about them. Not only that, he wanted to share the gospel. He wanted to tell his story. How do we know that? Because he said, my heart's desire and prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. Paul went on to say, Paul went on to say one of the most unbelievable things that you can ever imagine. He said, if it would be possible for me to lose my salvation so all of them could be saved, I would be willing to do it. That's how much he loved them people. You me tell you, you me tell you what it took 
Let me tell you what it took for Paul to be able to get beat half to death, drug up them steps to turn around and share his story with these folks. He loved them. He loved them. No matter what they had done to him, he loved them. No matter how they treated him, he loved them. No matter how they lied about him and, and, and abused him, he loved them. You know what it's going to take for us to share our story? Yep. We got to love people. You know why we don't share our story? We don't love people. That's the, that's the bottom line. Well, how do you know that? Really? Are you going to let somebody you love just die and go to hell without trying? You see, this is a this is a kind of love we can't manufacture. What do you mean? This is the kind of love you just can't make up. This is the kind of supernatural love that we need to have. And it can only come from Jesus. We need to love people like Jesus loved them. We need to love people like God loves them. So how do we do that? Let's ask him for it. So God, help us to love people like you did. Help us to see people like you do. Paul did that. He said, man, I was, I was just like you. Paul didn't see him as antagonistic. Paul didn't see him as his enemy. Paul seen it as people ignorant and people that were just blind. Because Paul said he did it in ignorantly in unbelief. He didn't see them as his enemy. He, he didn't see them like it would be so natural to see them. He saw them as Jesus did, as sheep having no shepherd. Scattered. Listen, let's love people. Let's let, man, I'm telling you. I, Brandy came home the other day and she was just all tore up. She just left Walmart. She's going down the aisle in Walmart and she heard a commotion in one of the aisles beside her. And, and, and there was two ladies in there just throwing the F-bomb back and forth, screaming and hollering at each other. One had gone down the wrong way in the aisle and the other didn't like it. And here we just Listen, people. We need to love each other. We need to love each other. This is happening more and more and more and more. You say, why is this happening? Is it because we've been all quarantined all this? Well, I don't think so. I don't think that's the I don't think that's the purpose because or, or the cause because here in Coleman, everybody's been going out the whole time anyway. I mean, I ain't seen a time when it hadn't been packed everywhere, so that can't be the reason. I'll tell you why it's happening. Because the Bible says in the last days perilous times shall come. In the last days, there's going to be a great falling away. In the last days, it's going to get darker and darker and darker and darker. I just saw the news. I just saw the news at a church in Mississippi that had started having church and, and kept having church uh, was burnt to the ground. And it was painted in the parking lot. I bet you will stay home now, hypocrite. That's going to increase. There's going to be a greater anti-God movement, anti-Christ movement, a spirit of anti-Christ on this planet and on this earth. Now, are we, going to, are we going to bow up and get our guns and fight them all? Or are we going to love them and see them like Jesus did? Are we going to see them like Paul did and see them as just ignorant and blind and not knowing the truth? I pray that we're going to be more like Paul. I pray that we'll see people and love people 
just like they are. What to prove I love them? Tell them your story. Now, I don't have time because I see the red numbers on that. That means I'm over time. But, but let me say this. Let me say this. I wish I could tell you as we keep reading, and we're not, but we'll do it next week, that, man, they thought, well, what were we doing? And, and everything was rosy and great. They said, well, Paul, we're sorry. It didn't turn out good for Paul in this situation, even though he did tell his story. But that didn't stop him from telling the story. I don't care the response you get. it; It's irrelevant. Some people are going to believe your story, and they're going to trust Christ. Just like they, in Paul's situation, we're going to find that over and over. But some people are not. But don't stop telling your story. Some people are going to think you're crazy. Keep telling your story. Some people are going to ridicule you. Keep telling your story. Some people are going to mock you and make fun of you. Keep telling your story. Because somebody's going to believe and they're going to escape hell. Somebody's going to believe and it's going to change their life forever. Somebody's going to believe and it's going to change the destiny of their whole family. Keep telling your story. Keep telling your story. My I will this week from Bondo Church was I will share my story. I will. I've got little story tracks that we give out and you need to get one. You need to get something that's got your story on it. Let's go out into this world because they're hurting and they're looking and they're searching for hope. Are they going to find it in your story? I hope so.